Hello and welcome to the official Folk Albums chart show for September the 6th, 2022. Later, we'll get a fascinating insight into the creative process behind the number one album as Bernard Butler talks about forging a friendship with Jesse Buckley that led to the stunning For All Our Days That Tear The Heart. This was an album made with love, he says. There's also going to be music from The Wilderness Yet, from Bellowhead, Katie Doherty and The Navigators and Rusty Shackle. But we kick off with the Scottish band Manran, whose album Oorah is back in the chart at number 35. Gone are the days when I knew what was for me. 22 without a clue where I was hidden. Now I choose to be the fool who stands before you. And all I ask is that you run away with me I'll be your guide in the moonlight I'll show you how our crow flies Put your hands in mine, I will carve our line Your hands in mine I don't know if the stars will burn above Crow Flies from their album Oorah, a re-entry into the chart this month at 35. Two places above them is our first new entry. What Holds the World Together is the latest album from The Wilderness Yet, the trio of singer Rosie Hodgson, fiddle player Rowan Piggott and guitarist Philippe Barnes. The album explores our relationships with each other and with the natural world. It has traditional roots, but also some new storytelling songs. Here's a track called Charlie Fox. When the owl is on the wing, the fox is on the pole. He's down into the farmyard to pay his principal. He'll grab the old trick by the bag or maybe a fat old hen. Or even take a newborn up from its mother in the pen. Most times he hunts through hunger, but sometimes it's just the fun. But he never is a hunting when the farmer's got his gun. He'll sit there in the leafy cups and mingle red with green His nerves are of the toughest steel and all his wits are keen 
Here's the first chart countdown. At 40, Hannah Rarity and To Have You Near. At 39, a re-entry for Sam Kelly and the Lost Boys with The Wishing Tree. At 38, Bryony Griffith and Alice Jones present A Year Too Late and A Month Too Soon. At 37, Off Off Oddities from This Is The Kit. At 36, Celtic Woman send us postcards from Ireland. At 35, Oorah, that re-entry from Manran. At 34, another re-entry, Dean Owens and Sinner's Shrine. At 33, a new entry for The Wilderness Yet with What Holds the World Together. At 32, Spires and Bowden are back in the chart with Fallow Ground. And they're here again as members of Bellowhead, whose album Reassembled is back at 31.
got a mind from the Georgia line And we'll roll the wood pile down Always great to hear them. Bellowhead, back in the charts at 31 with Reassembled. One place above them is a new entry for the northeast based singer and songwriter Katie Doherty and her band The Navigators. Their album Flow takes inspiration from the lives of ordinary people and was created in collaboration with the award-winning playwright Laura Lindlow and four community groups from the northeast of England. Together, they came up with the atmospheric Summer Song. When there are stars above us In the month of Sun is given her permission 
So Katie Doherty and the Navigators are a new entry at 30 with their album Flow. At 29, Heidi Tolbert's Sing It For A Lifetime. At 28, Banjo Phonics from Damien O'Kane and Ron Block. At 27, Lost Trades with The Bird, The Book and The Barrel. At 26, Dawn from Talisk. At 25, John Francis Flynn is a re-entry with I Would Not Live Always. At 24, Martin Joseph and 1960. At 23, Christy Moore is still flying into mystery. At 22, Ye Vagabonds and Nine Waves. And at 21, Bella Hardy's Love Songs. But let's get all the latest gig news now as we're joined by Lucy Shields of the Folk Forecast. It's still festival season, Lucy. So what's going on this month? Yes, there are a few more festivals yet to go. Um, So we've got Bromyard coming up from the 8th to the 11th of September. Same weekend, we've got Swanage and Brighton and Hove Folk Festival. Um, And a really interesting thing about that one is that they've got Chris Riddle to illustrate the festival and live draw to the music. So I think that would be really good. There's also a festival on the Isle of Colonsay up in Scotland on the 15th to the 18th of September. Hartlepool Folk Festival at the end of September, um, which is one of my favourites, not too far from us. And then Manchester Folk Festival looking ahead to October as well. So that's something to look forward to in the autumn. So lots to check out in terms of the lineups. Look online for those. What about Folk on Fort friendly artists who are on tour at the moment? Yes, everyone's starting to get back out on tour again um, post-festivals. So um, Cara Dillon's got a few dates coming up. Chris Wood is doing a few dates and there's also an online date for him as well. Um, so if you can't get to any of the dates, if there isn't one near you, you can also watch that online. Gigspan of Big Band, I've got a few more dates uh, for Salt Lines. Martin Simpson, he's doing a few dates, including Barrow and Furness, Edinburgh, Berwick-upon-Tweed, and lots more. Um, but Belinda O'Hooley is heading out for a few solo dates to tour material from her Inversions album, which is really beautiful. Peggy Seeger and Neil McCall have got a few dates as part of Peggy's first farewell tour, including Birmingham, New Milton, St Ives in Cornwall, and lots more. Then also there's Heel and Harrow is on tour, um, featuring Rachel Newton, of course. Up in Scotland, they've got quite a few dates up there. Steve Knightley's doing a few solo dates um, and also the Rheingun sisters. They're going to be quite busy in September. They've got dates right across the UK. Well, lots of people to see then. What about online activity? So the Shetland Songwriting Festival, that's taking place from the 16th to the 18th of September with Lucy Fowle and M.G. Balter. Um, so that's um, something that started running online during lockdown and it's just continued on. So you can go to the whole of that, or you can also just go to the concert as well, which is being hosted by Live to Your Living Room. Live to Your Living Room have got a few others coming up as well. We've got Will Pound and Jen Butterworth, Jackie Oates, Greg Russell, Metherer, and Chris Wood, who I mentioned before. So there's plenty going on online as well if you can't get out to gigs near you. And I imagine that albums are going to start being released as well soon. Yes, there's a whole load of albums all being released because everyone's been waiting till after... Uh, the festivals and everything was over before they sort of start thinking about the next projects. So uh, as I mentioned last month, Jackie Oates has got Gracious Wings. That's out on the 2nd of September and she's touring that as well. We've also got Brija Humble, Ross Ainsley and Stephen Bounds are releasing their album LAS, which is um, apparently the first album of Double C Small Pipes to be released in the world. Um, She's a wonderful also, pipe player, isn't she? An amazing pipe player, breeder. Yes, amazing. So that's that's a great one to look out for. Um, that same day as well, there's Farah um, releasing Energy Islands, which is an album that's really inspired by Orkney and the renewable energy innovation that's happening up there and, and the efforts to, to curb the climate crisis. So that's a really interesting one. Then the following week, we've got Elephant Sessions are releasing For the Night, which was released during lockdown. And it's kind of about wanting to get back out there and get back dancing again. 16th of September, we've got Siobhan Miller is releasing Bloom. She's revisiting lots of songs that she grew up listening to that she hasn't recorded before. And she's got Chris Drever, Eddie Reader, and lots more um, guest artists joining her on that one as well. 30th of September, we've got Ellie Gowers's debut album, Dwelling by the Weir, which is really inspired by Warwickshire, where she's from. Again, kind of inspired by lockdown and her explorations of her hometown. So that's a really interesting one. And then also a really interesting one to look out for is Sea Sessions, 
bit of a tongue twister, <laughs> which is a collection of British maritime folk songs, sea shanties. So they've got John Bowden, Seth Lateman, Ben Nichols, Emily Portman, and Jack Rutter taking part in that. All That's a folk supergroup. <laughs> it really is. And it's just sort of exploring traditional material and new songs, all related to our links with the sea. And also they're touring it. They've got a few dates across Cornwall and they're sailing on a tour ship from each gig to the next gig, which I think is amazing because I've done some tall ship sailing myself. um, So it's really combining my interests, that one. Yeah, I'm going to ring them up and see if I can go with them. It sounds absolutely brilliant. It might make a good episode of Folk on Foot, don't you think? It would, and I'd like to come to that one as well. All right, I'll see if I can fit you in my luggage. Uh, Lucy, that's been fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, as always. If you want to get more details of the things that Lucy's talked about, just uh, search online for the Folk Forecast and you'll find all the dates and the details of what's happening. We'll see you next month. Thank you. See you later. Well, time now to tell you about the latest episode of Folk on Foot, which is rather unusual. Earlier this month, we joined a group of very colourful campaigners for a mass trespass called the Dance of the Commons in the extensive grounds of the Englefield Estate near Reading, which is owned by the Government Minister Lord Benyon. Their leaders, the Book of Trespass author and illustrator Nick Hayes and the singer and naturalist Sam Lee, were joined by Morris dancers, musicians and supporters in a rainbow display of costumes as they set out to to assert their right to walk across private land. Here's a taste of what happened. Close the commons, they actually devastated really that kind of diverse, myriad, inclusive, weird, wonderful culture that was Englishness. And there is something we can be proud of by being English, and it is nothing to do with your DNA or where your grandparents were from. It's rooted in a lived experience and a process and an understanding of the land around us. Do join us for the Dance of the Commons at the Englefield Estate, the next episode of Folk on Foot, coming out on Friday the 16th of September. Back at the chart, at 20, Kareem Polwart and Dave Milligan with Still As You're Sleeping. At 19, Grace Petrie and Connectivity. At 18, Richard Dawson and Circle bring us Henke. At 17, Oyster Band invite us to Read the Sky. At 16, Hamish Hawke with Heavy Elevator. At 15, Catherine Priddy's The Eternal Rocks Beneath. At 14, Catherine Finch and Seku Keita's album Echo. At 13, Seth Lakeman says Make Your Mark. At 12, The Levelers and their lockdown sessions. And at 11, Johnny Flynn and Robert McFarlane are lost in the Cedarwood. Still to come, that interview with Bernard Butler, who tells me of his first virtual meeting with Jessie Buckley while she was up a windswept mountain in Ireland. But before that, let's hear a track from this month's highest new entry. It comes from the Welsh folk rock band Rusty Shackle. Their album Under a Bloodshot Moon is straight into the chart at number two. And this is The Devil's Pulpit.
So just to recap the top ten. Yeah, yeah, plant me a and ten spell songs with spell songs two. Let the light in. At nine, nature's light from Blackmore's night. At eight, ferocious dog and the hope. Take on the world. Sometimes you despair. Your demons take over. At seven, this is really going to hurt from flight. At six, Kate Rusby and 30 Happy Returns. When May comes and she brings the flowers, we will sing, we will sing. At five, Night Drives from Catherine Williams. At four, passenger with birds that flew and ships that sailed. Chasing girls on the summer nights when the world was big and bright, but that time just passed me by in the blinking of an eye. At three, the longest Johns with smoke and oakum. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Hard times come again no more. And at number two, the highest new entry from Rusty Shackle. Which means there's no change at number one. For the third month in a row, the top spot is occupied by Jesse Buckley and Bernard Butler and For All Our Days That Tear The Heart. It's an astonishing album, and I was fascinated to learn more about the creative process behind it when I called up Bernard at his home. I knew that he and Jesse had first been introduced by his manager. So what did he know about the Irish actor and singer before they met? I think I'd seen her in Judy, the film Judy, which I really loved, actually. I hadn't seen, I, had I seen Wild Rose? I think I hadn't seen Wild Rose at that point. Did you um, kind of seek out Wild Rose? Because that's a, a film in which she plays a singer, isn't it? Yeah, I did afterwards. I, I, I watched it afterwards um, just to hear Jesse's voice, obviously. Um, but I hadn't watched it at the time it came out. And what impression did her voice make on you when you first heard it? You know, what I look for in voices is not, I don't look for how many notes somebody can sing in their skin scales or anything like that it's you look for human being and a personality that's what I'm interested in I've, I've, I've worked with lots of people who can technically be good and all sorts of things but 
I always look for character, personality. Who are you? That's what I look for. Uh, but essentially, it was not. It wasn't. Wasn't down to me because it wasn't like I was going looking for somebody. Um, in that sense, it's Jesse was put in touch with me as a potential somebody just to hook up with and see what would happen with. She's not the type that would go looking for a, a hit songwriter or something like that. She wasn't even trying to make a record. I mean, she just wanted to make some music. And, um, and what was your first conversation like? Do you remember it? Yeah, I do, yeah. Our first conversation was, um, I was given her number and I called her on FaceTime. These were in the, 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 first, co the first lockdown times. She was, um, and she was up a mountain. She was, she was like walking through, came across my screen and she, it was the howling wind and the rain. And, uh, and she was like, hey, like this and that. And I could hardly hear her. And it was really irritating, to be honest, because, you know, when you're on the phone to somebody and, and you just can't really, why are you phoning me when you're walking through a mountain? It's just <laughs> annoying. But she was also very funny straight away. And um, yeah, what do I remember about it? I said, where are you? And she said, I'm in Ireland. And I said, well, I know you're in Ireland, obviously. And uh, it whittled down to where exactly in Ireland she was, which is a place in Kerry, the west coast of Ireland, which I know pretty well. And I've been going to for years, so it was really weird because we we knew these places. I knew I know where she comes from from Killarney, um, pretty well. Because you have some Irish roots of your own, don't you, Bernard? Yeah, well, my parents are Irish. My parents are from Dunleary, which is uh, just south of Dublin. But we used to go to Kerry when we were kids as well as a sort of treat. Uh, we used to stay on an island called Valencia Island, which is a remote island off the coast of Kerry. And uh, I've been going there, taking my kids there as an adult as well. Beautiful part of the world. Love it. I understand it. We had an instant understanding on the geography of the place, I think. Kerry, there's, it's wild. It's free. It's funny. You know, the people are, it's like a different, it's like a kingdom of its own. Um, that part of the world when you what always strikes me is when you look out the coast from the the west coast of Ireland it's nothing and it's America you know that the nearest thing is America and it's so vastly far across an ocean that you can't even envisage it so it's not like looking off the coast of uh, Kent you know and, and and looking at channel cross ferries or something like that it's just vast and of course what that makes you feel you feel remoteness and you feel like a dreamer and uh, you feel there's inevitable romance, but also a barren sense of um, of what could be and what's impossible and what feels impossible. So you feel all those things and you also feel this freedom from it. Um, that, so that's what I always felt as a kid going to Kerry. And then when you meet people, Kerry people, they're like that. Jesse is one of those people. People always describe her as a force of nature. That's what people always use that phrase about her, which is a bit corny, but I also really understand it. She is a kind of force of, of nature. And, and um, so, yeah, I often just think of the very first moment I saw her um, was on that FaceTime with like the rain and the wind and this big grin saying, how are you? Uh, I can see that there were the foundations then of some kind of relationship between you, but how did you build on those foundations? How did the creative partnership develop when you got together? It's just perfect for me. Jesse is perfect person you just look for, you dream of, because for all those reasons, you just we, 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 we developed a relationship before we made uh, music, and so our music became part of that relationship and how we communicated it with each other and the language we started to use um, and how we got to know each other. We uh, did that through conversation. Like she came over to my house, we sat in the kitchen, we talked for at least an hour, an hour and a half, two hours before we did anything. We were just talking and talking, drinking tea, endless tea. Every time we wrote a song, we would sit and talk for a long time about what we'd read. She'd say to me, I read this thing. And I'd say, tell me about it. And she'd tell me this long story and I'd respond to it. And it became this very abstract, we had these very abstract conversations about f a film, a TV show, a thing on YouTube, um, a book, um, 
not very often music to be fair uh, or just things that were going on there was a lot going on summer 2020 there was a lot going on in the world obviously the pandemic but um more than that there's the black lives matter movement um the statues all those kind of things and one thing led tend to lead conversations led abstractly to another thread about something very uh, more abstract and we found related to something that we were reading so she might mention something and I'd say that reminds me of this page in this book or this story that I've read or something. And we, we sewed all these things together, all these uh, references, and then just wrote things down that we were saying. And the songs evolved, uh, all the songs evolved in that way. And when you went into the studio to record them, were you conscious of a kind of alchemy going on? Because when I listen to the album, you know, it just feels you know, that there's a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, um, uh, and that you're acting as a kind of uh, a joined unit. You know, it, it, it works so well together. Were you conscious of that atmosphere in the studio? Yeah, I mean, but there was no studio. So we didn't, this was made in this room that you're looking at now, which is my upstairs attic and my front room downstairs. That's where we made this record. So, and, and when we, what happened is we recorded, so each day we'd sit in the kitchen, we'd talk for a long time, eventually a song would come out and we recorded it on our phone, there were no microphones, it was, I'd either play an acoustic guitar or the piano, but there was no microphones at all. And Jesse would just sing once at the end of the day, we recorded that sketch onto our phones, that was it, and we did that with every song. <clears throat> then Jesse went off into movie land again, and um, <clears throat> we realised, we both said to each other, what are we doing with this? What, what, what's this about? And um, part of us was never going to make anything out of it. It was just the process of writing. And then um, I took a gamble and I thought, I'm going to start trying to record this, make this into a record. And the best way I could think of doing it to maintain that unity that you, you mentioned was to take the phone recordings and use that as a template. And basically I played along to the phone recording. And so I would play along with an acoustic guitar, working out an acoustic guitar part over this phone recording, or I'd add some percussion over this phone recording. And of course, when you record something in your kitchen, you, you've got no sense of time. It's all out of time, a bit bumpy, and the dynamics are really, really special because you're not in performance mode. You're in kind of slumped down in the kitchen over a cup of tea mode. And that was what was really, we found that was really unique about it. So I had to record it, maintaining all those bumps and the dynamics and the feel and the emotion and the tempos were all over the place as well. So I built on these recordings until you kind of eliminated what was there originally, if you know what I mean. So it, the, the new recording that was done with a nice microphone, etc., was eliminated what was there in the kitchen. That's how we did the, did all of these. And then I uh, we ended up in another lockdown. And so I set Jessie up in her house with a, a microphone. Um, the most the really most crude uh, setup which she'd never used before she never used any any kind of recording before so i got somebody to send her a microphone and uh, a little interface and just fingers crossed hope for the best and she sang over what i sent her and she'd send it back to me and that was really special really beautiful when that happened when you got that recording it must have been wonderful wasn't it when you sat down and listened to what she'd done yeah amazing because um yeah, I'm very used to sort of having worked with uh, I don't know, lots of artists where you have, you know, you work with 15, 20 takes of vocals or something like that. And it's kind of the standard thing. You work and you sing and you sing and you, you develop things, you know, nothing wrong with that. Jessie's never been through those processes and she didn't have that as the norm. So when she sings a song, she just sings the song once, you know. So she'd send me and she said, here's the song. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, that's just one take of vocal. That's your first take, and um, it was beautiful. And and what you what you could do with that though is you could say, well, okay, we've got all the pieces in place here. It's just beautiful, and it's the tu it's tuning is perfect. But what you can say then is say, can we now try it a different way? Try and think about it emotionally in a different way. What would happen if you thought about this line in a different way? And then she'd send me back another one with that. So we, after we we talked about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was no song that had more than two vocal takes on it that I used. That is, that is extraordinary. And it, I mean, what an amazing album it is. And obviously it's been very successful. It's been at the top of the Folk Albums chart and uh, it's nominated for the Mercury 
Music Prize. Have you been pleased, surprised, um, taken aback by the reaction to it? You know what? We made this record out of love. You know, really did. You know, the two of us together, it was our passion. We weren't trying to make hit records or awards uh, listed records or anything like there was no intention apart from creating something really beautiful that came out of our relationship um, becoming mates basically and uh, just unusually two strangers becoming mates through this um, this joint journey of creating something and that's what I just think what a, what a beautiful life that's a great life I'm blessed you know I, I think that and this is the you know one of those great moments to me where I don't think the achievement is um, uh, the things you mentioned which are which are obviously fantastic but for me the achievement is 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 that joy of being given the chance to, to do something like that in life meet a stranger and just bowl into each other's lives and have these very abstract conversations that I, I don't have with anybody else I've never have done and end up creating something that is a is a total labour of love and a passion for us. But I feel when you pour that much love into something, I think that other people feel it, and that's what other people connect with. So that's what I I I, I like to think that that's you know you put that amount in and it and, and it rubs off. I mean the fact is it is part of the folk world is is really important to me um, actually uh, and, and what's happened with the, with the chart because. Um, we didn't talk a great deal about music, honestly. Um, we had some playlists we shared uh, and stuff that was just, you know, some great music. Things like Nina Simone, Roberta Flack. But one of the things we mentioned first of all, just the first thing that Jesse ever mentioned to me was um, you made that Sam Lee record, Old Wow. Yes, Old Wow, yes. A great favourite of ours. Of course, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. And um, and I, and when Jesse mentioned that to me, I was like, "Oh, right, you know that record." Because not a lot of people know that record. You know, it's a. It's, and I love that record. I love Sam. I'm, a, I'm a big friends with Sam and um, a big fan of his. And and I really adored that record. And for somebody to bring that record up out of all the records I've made was quite special for me. It put Jesse on a different pedestal for me straight away. It was like, wow, you get that. If you get that, you, I think differently of you straight away. Mm-hmm. So actually this record was born out of out of that, the, the, the embers of, of old wow for me and watching Sam's process in making that and some of the musicians that I, I worked with on Old Wow have worked with us live and on this um, experience. So, um, so it's kind of, and Sam's approach to folk and what folk means and folk music it is in the modern world is really something that's really inspiring to me. So, and I've dipped my toes into it at different stages. I, I worked with Bert Jansch for the last 10 years of his life and and, uh, and Pentangle is a big influence on this record. So um, that sort of side of we're touching into that world is, is, is really special to me. Well, we want to play Footnotes on the Map now, yeah. which is a track I think inspired by another great friend of Folk on Foot, Robert McFarlane, um, yeah. who, who we've walked with. Um, oh. And uh, we, we, we featured his uh, relationship with Johnny Flynn uh, mm. a lot on this podcast. Um, tell us how he inspired this song. Well, so again, it was Sam introduced me to Old Ways, uh, Robert's book, Old Ways, uh, which is about walking. And this is, again, first lockdown. Everyone was off walking, weren't they? And um, it's one of the things that I, as soon as I picked this up, it, uh, it blew me away. But I was also very into, for the previous few years, um, discovered The Rings of Saturn by um, Seaboard. If anyone knows Seaboard's uh, work, Rings of Saturn is essentially about him walking for, along the Suffolk coast and its connections with uh, all sorts of things. But um, I became really, we, me and Jesse both became wrapped up in these books and they had big influences. There's a section in Robert's book, In Old Ways, where he describes uh, how Aborigines um, first walked the earth and how they emerged. And I think he calls them the dream, what is it now, the phrase, the dream catchers? But anyway, the how they emerged from the ground and uh, they trace their steps by mapping out melody and notes. So 
so that how they would trace out for for the people who came after them how to get from A to B was literally but with footsteps that were placed in song and that was the the emergence of folk of folk song of song of music you know so a footstep would be a, a note you know a pathway was was like a song and I kind of got it into my head that it was almost like seeing mountains as choruses and you know rivers as sections in a song and and melodies coming out of um, geographical landscape and, and and things and of course the whole thing's a journey and anyone who makes music of course we all see the, uh, you know music as a journey listening to it but also um, traveling your way through it and navigating it so these footnotes I, I, I just stole that <laughs> that line um, and uh, it's purposefully a song that musically builds. It's, it's two chords. Any any baby could could play the two chords in the song, and it builds out of this simple acoustic. And by the end, you get this choir, and which is mainly me. And then there's some Sam Lee thrown in there as a tribute. I, I insisted Sam come in and sing on the song. He kind of didn't know what he was doing that day, and I just said, "You need to be on this song, and I'll tell you why another time." And that's why it's my my homage. So footnotes, I really love. It's really special for us. And and thank. And I I hope I paid my debt to Robert for inspiring it. And and I hope I've done him justice. Bernard, it's great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us and 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 featuring us on it. It's, well, it's an amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing album. And this is footnotes on the map.
interrupted by a heartbeat just a footnote on the map Footnotes on the map, a live version, so sadly not with Sam Lee, but you can hear him on the album. Huge congratulations to Jesse Buckley and Bernard Butler, who are number one for the third month in a row. Well, that's all for this month. Don't forget the new episode of Folk on Foot featuring the colourful mass trespass called The Dance of the Commons at the Englefield Estate. It's out on Friday, September the 16th. And if you'd like to delve deeper into the world of Folk on Foot, you should become a patron. You'll make a small monthly contribution to our costs and get great rewards, including access to Folk on Foot on Film, our ever-expanding archive of videos of the music we've collected on our travels around the UK and Ireland. To sign up, just go to patreon.com slash folkonfoot and follow the simple instructions. We depend entirely on your contributions to keep going, so please support us if you can. Thanks to English Folk Expo who licensed the chart to us. Thanks to the Folk on Foot team who worked so hard to make these shows. And thanks to you for listening and watching.